Welcome to Stories in the Dark, a podcast about strange and creepy things. Come listen to the dark. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Before we get started, I wanted to give a special shout out to our newest patron. Her name is Rochelle. Rochelle, thank you so much for supporting our podcast. And for those of you out there who would like to support us too, head over to Patreon and look for stories in the dark. This week we have another Demons episode. This one is called Where do you go? And I just wanted to let you guys know we are nearing the end of demon season. Summer is almost here. And the demons can't handle that bright light. So we have a few demons episodes remaining. And then the season will be over, and it will be time for very different delights. But for now, here we go. I miss feeling dangerous, she says, one hand idly stroking the sharp planes of his hips as they lay in bed that night. One night among hundreds they'd spent together. You're still dangerous to me, he murmurs, pulling her closer, his sweet brown eyes heavy and tired. She laughs as she is supposed to, and she lets him hold her as he drifts off, his breath evening out. She whispers to him in his sleep. She whispers secrets and lies to carry with him into the land of dreams. But you've been marked, she whispers for herself, fingers tracing the hollow above his collarbones. Marked for me. She is already making breakfast when he wakes up the next morning. It is Saturday and he likes to sleep in. It is Saturday and she cannot sleep. She bakes eggs in a stoneware dish. She sprinkles them with paprika and lays them on a bed of onions and peppers and tiny chopped up potatoes and drizzles them with a red sauce that her family has passed down through generations. A recipe as secret and as old as time. She makes toast too, crispy and hot and sour, and the dark, bitter coffee that she has taught him to like. And he comes to the table in his pajama bottoms and tousled hair 
and eyes swollen with sleep. She watches him shove the toast into the eggs, and she carefully eats a bite of yolk mixed with red sauce, and they drink the bitter coffee and talk about going to Ikea. She paints while he builds the new bookshelves. She paints flowers and dark birds at night, predatory in the darkness. She decorates the walls of their office, and he only sees the beauty. That's all he's ever seen. At night, he cooks them steak, using the little grill on their patio, and she mixes him his favorite drink, just the way he likes it. That night, while he sleeps, she slips out as she always does. She slips out and leaves him to his dreams. On Sunday morning, he looks troubled. They are dressing to go to brunch, and his dark eyebrows are bunched up on his sweet face. What is wrong? she asks, smoothing the lines from his forehead. She does not like the lines he is getting. He puts on his jeans and sits on the bed and doesn't look at her. Did you... did you leave last night? he asks. She pauses for the briefest of moments. No, of course not. I was right here all night. She looks at the hairs on his arms and doesn't see his mouth tighten. It's just, I woke up. I had to pee. I woke up and you weren't in bed. She catches his eyes with hers. It was just a dream, my dear, she whispers, leaning in watching his pupils grow wider with hers. I was here all night. He nods and hugs her tight, tighter than normal. She puts on a yellow sundress and the white sandals he likes, and they walk to brunch, holding hands, the sun so bright it washes out all the shadows. They pick up more paint, so many shades of red and only one black. He buys a book and buys her flowers, and he arranges them carefully in a vase. Like all flowers, they fall before their time but she loves them anyway. He reads in the evening, and she paints with the windows open, the breeze stirring the curtains and lifting her hair, and the faint sound of her favorite music drifts through the air like smoke from the candle. She knows most people like to paint in the light. 
Most people like to paint the day. She isn't most people. They go to bed and she whispers him to sleep. She pretends to sleep too until he is deep in the land of dreams. And then she gets up and puts on her night clothes and she leaves as she always does. But this time he follows behind her. He has noticed how she always watches him. He wants to watch her. He wants to see where she goes when she leaves at night. He knows she does it. He wants to know why. He wants to know why she lies. He follows her through the streets. She is wearing a black dress he has never seen before, but it is not new. It trails behind her, and the sleeves are long and loose. It flows like her dark hair, and it moves like part of her, and the ends are frayed and almost gray with age. She carries the faint sound of music with her, as if she were humming or whistling, but he cannot tell what it is. He has always loved her mystery, her aloofness, her distance, her odd ways. But he wants to know what this is. The streets are empty and poorly lit. The houses they pass are dark. But at some, the curtains twitch. The doors tremble. And then they start to open. Her song is louder now, but he still cannot tell what it is. A woman comes out of one of the houses, a man from another. She collects them, and sometimes children too. They gather behind her until she has a small crowd and they follow her as she walks, and then they are part of her song. She takes them to a warehouse in the middle of the city. He follows behind, wondering. He is starting to feel afraid. There is a table in the warehouse. It is long and pitted and stained. She stands behind it and raises her arms. The small group stands in front of her. Her eyes are dark and empty, all black. And she sings from her beautiful red lips and white throat and her followers sway with her. There is a rhythm to this a cadence that they know and he does not. She sings to the moon and the time passes. Minutes or days, he cannot tell. But they know when it is time. She drops her arms and the song ends and one of them, 
a man, a father by the look of him, walks up and lays down on the table. No one is moving anymore. The swaying has stopped with the song. He watches as she steps out of the dress and it drops and pools around her like feathers. Her pale skin gleams in the moonlight as he has seen it so many times. He knows the softness of that skin. So smooth, no lines or hair. He does not want to watch. His gut clenches and he is afraid of what will happen next. She steps forward and opens the man's shirt. His belly is round and soft. The crowd seems to settle a bit, as if now they can relax. She dips her head forward and when she comes up, her face is covered in blood and she eats. She uses her hands and her mouth to widen the gash in his abdomen. She eats the fat and the flesh and the organs, and her face and throat and hands are smeared with blood. And he thinks of how daintily she eats her meals as he watches her devour this man. When she is done, she shoves the man from her table and his body hits the concrete floor with a thud. She has only eaten from the middle. She waves her bloody hand and a woman steps forward this time and lays on the table. She tears open the woman's blouse and again rips open her belly with her mouth. It looks so much like a beak. Everyone is silent. No one makes a sound. And the warehouse is so quiet except for the tearing of flesh and the awful awful swallowing. He leaves. He turns and walks home, wishing he did not know what he knows. He goes home and drinks until he can sleep. And when he wakes, she is watching him with her black, black eyes. And she is stroking his belly and he has never noticed, until now, how very sharp her nails are. He stares into her eyes, and he knows she can see the fear in him. After all, predators know how to watch their prey. They know fear when they see it. Are you dangerous to me? he asks, trying not to let his voice shake. She grins and lays her head on his chest, so close to the soft 
skin of his stomach still flat. Not yet, she says, and reaches up to smooth the lines from his face. Not yet, 